Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, today's bonus episode is another Clubhouse chat with our hosts, Ashley Taylor Henning and Kevin Conde, and their special guest this time is Jama Finney, and Jama talks all about how she includes personal branding into her business. It was another great talk with questions from the audience, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Here is Kevin, Ashley, and Jama. Welcome everyone to the Portrait System Podcast, Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with The Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Kloster hosts our regular Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm good, Kevin. I am so excited to be here co-hosting our chat today with you, and I am so excited to introduce our guest for today, Jema Finney. So Jema is a branding photographer based in Louisville, Kentucky, and she's an SBE member, and we're so excited to have her. So welcome, Jema. Thanks, guys. I am so excited to be here with everybody today and having this conversation about personal brand photography, one of my very favorite topics. So, James, we brought you on because we wanted to talk a bit more about uh, personal branding. We recently had Miranda Kelton, who is also another SBE member, uh, who's doing uh, brand photography successfully. And there were so many follow-up questions. We wanted to have you on as well. Um, But before we begin, before we jump into the numbers and the strategies, I want to know why personal branding? A lot of other photographers include personal branding as another part of their portrait business. But from doing a bit of research on you, I see that you're you're focused strictly on personal branding for business. Why, Why personal branding for you? So I love that question. I um, I have to say first, thank you for having me on. Um, like I said in the beginning, I love this topic. And it's something that I have definitely become very passionate about over the last handful of years as a photographer. So when I decided to jump into the photography pond, I found Super Ice and this amazing community first. And so that kicked off the education side of things for me. But as I was trying out all of the different options in photography, 
all the genres and specialties. I started digging into my previous career path. I was an event planner who actually evolved into opening a boutique wedding cake shop after. So photography is my third career. But along that entire way, I was always supported by this fantastic small business community of people. And we all marketed with each other and we all sent referrals to each other. So when I was diving into what I wanted to spend all of my time and passion on in photography, personal brand photography was absolutely hands down the best fit. So here I am. I love that. That's so unique. First of all, the fact that you like have had two careers before and one was <laughs> wedding cakes, which seems like wildly. I used to shoot weddings, but man, I can't ma- imagine making a wedding cake. So um, I love that that just like naturally went into branding for you. I think one of the questions that like SBE members have a lot about branding is like, how do you price package structure the shoots? Like, this just gets asked all the time. Do you include prints? How many hours? Was hair and makeup included? Like, how do you do this and make it profitable? So, you know, when I started through the education with Sue and all of you, I was looking at all these phenomenal portrait photographers that were doing the prints and selling individual packages and things like that as well. And, you know, a lot of my brand photography friends also go that route too. But what I had to do is go back again to kind of former experience and rely on what I was best best at doing, which was creating a full experience. And a full experience to me was not only the hair and makeup and the styling part too, but also not putting limitations on the day that I had with my clients. And so the packages, the way I have actually structured them is around a full experience. And for me, what that means is the hair and makeup and the styling and all the planning pieces that came so naturally to me as an event planner. But also at the end of it, I actually take all of my best shots from our time together, whether it's a half day or full day shoot, and include them in the package. So depending on amount of location, sometimes we may just have 75 to 80 images, and sometimes we may have a little bit more. I don't limit them. I don't sell them individually. I just made a package where it made sense to include a full inclusive experience. So at the end of the day, they had everything they needed from me with no limitations. So are you saying it's basically like a flat rate, meaning like they book you for a period of time and it's just one price and then whatever pictures are yielded from that? Like, I just want to make sure for the audience that we're being super clear. Yeah, it's a great question. So it's a flat rate. I keep it super simple. So I have a half day rate and I have a full day rate. And the way we kind of determine that is based on the amount of time it's going to take for us to shoot all of their different stories or locations that we have planned for the day. And so, yeah, it's just two flat rates. I do do headshot sessions too, which are separate, but they have two choices when working with me. That's included inclusive of everything. Is, is, is your mentality any different when you're doing a half day versus a full day? Because obviously, you know, there's a, a time difference there. Is there something you're planning a little bit extra when you're doing the full day? Like, oh, I can accomplish this that I can't do during a half day. 
That is a really good question. So because my education was rooted more on the portrait photography side of things, what I find is if we're doing half-day on-location shoots, like Ashley said she had one tonight, um, then I can typically manage that in a half-day time frame. However, if I want to go into the portrait side of things, which I really love to do because I find those are absolutely so valuable to my clients, as well as more of the lifestyle shots, then I need a full day to do that, Kevin. Um, and that just is for me to get into the studio and lighting setup and all the setup time on that as well. So that's kind of the differentiating factor to me is if I'm going to go down the portrait side of things. And then also, too, if they have me driving all over the city, <laughs> that can play a factor, too. So I literally get on Google Maps and I backtrack the time it's going to take for us to get to each location. And then and that's how I suggest if we're going to do a half day or a full day together. Now, are you limiting like locations? Are you uh, limiting outfits at all for these full days? Or is it just anything they want as long as it fits within the time frame? It really is honestly anything they want. And, you know, all the clients are completely different. Like I have a session this week that's a full day session and she's a professional model as well as a business coach too. So I know when I have her with me, she literally is up for everything. She's going to change in the car. I have a full day hair and makeup person with me for touch-ups with her. So that is really easy for me to plan a full day around with her because I know that if she brings 10 outfits, she's game for changing and making that quick switch wherever we are. Um, so it kind of all depends on the client. And all that comes out in the discovery call and the planning call when we're planning our day together. So I don't tell them specifically for these style of shoots. I don't tell them specifically just bring three outfits, you know, or you can only have two or three locations i really go full event planner on them guys and just kind of backtrack what's possible that day that we can do really beautifully for them that's really cool and like um i noticed that you said like the studio plays an aspect in whether you go like you know half day full day so i just want to clarify you have your own studio these aren't just completely on location shoots so the studio that I use, I have two rental studios that I have in town, and then I have a handful of others if I actually travel outside of Louisville, which I don't do a lot. So they're not my full-time studios. They're shared with other photographers. And generally, I save that studio time. For example, if I'm shooting in summer, it gets up to like 110 degrees here. So oh, I'll save... <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'll save that studio time for the afternoon. So we'll have a nice, cool place where we can create something beautiful together. And I won't have them outside during that time. So to answer your question more concisely, it's not my own. It's a shared studio space that I rent. That's really cool, though. I know there's been a lot of talk in SBE lately about um, shared studio spaces. And um, I think it's a really good thing to remind people that, you know, you don't need to have your own space if that's not what your business model calls for, which it doesn't seem like yours does because you are doing so much on location. So I think that's always a good reminder for people who get intimidated by having the burden of paying like rent every single month on a full space that's just their own. Um, sure. And I was curious too, like when you talk about the studio, especially when you're using it to escape the heat in the summer um are you creating like sets for them because that was something that 
Miranda Kelton talked about when we had her on for branding is that she had like um, creative director background and she like builds all these amazing sets in studios for people. Like she'll make a little makeshift office for them with props or um, a podcast studio or something like that. So how do you use the studio? That is a that is a really good point because I did listen to Miranda's interview and I loved it. And I love that she had that background. It's kind of like the corporate event planning planning background that I have as well. You just kind of learn intuitively how to make something out of nothing sometimes. So I'm really good at winging it under pressure. <laughs> but um, this studio in particular that I use, I can do some different sets, like she mentioned as well. So they do have a couple different desk options that I can move and we can transform that into making it your own. Like if you're in a webinar or a conversation, Zoom call with somebody or if you're creating your own podcast, I have a bag of tricks that I bring along with me too that is personalized to these clients kind of depending on what their brand style is. And then I will also pack those in the car with me too, which means that may be some greenery, some florals, some different colored journals or pens or something that they may use in their business. So the sets are not anything that are incredibly elaborate because the rest of the studio has couches in it in V-flats, and we are all um, so great at using those V-flats as backdrops. But that's how I do it, too. I kind of combine the bag of tricks that I bring in the car that's well-written for my clients with their own prop list, too, and then we just create those sets in the studio together. Hmm. So, I, I, Jam, I want to go back real quick. for You brought up something called a discovery call uh, that you have with your clients. What what exactly kind of what questions are you asking during this discovery call to kind of make sure that you're uh, getting the information you need for your shoot? Yeah, absolutely. So there's two different, and I think people call them a lot of different things. Discovery call for me is actually the sales call, but I do dive in pretty deep in the beginning of a sales call to really get the details of expectation of what they're looking for and to make sure we're a great fit. So my discovery call is a sales call. The conversation is basically um, like you would have with a lot of your clients as well. I ask questions specifically about their business and what projects that they're working on and vision looking forward for their own visual image. We talk about any influences that they have that they would really love to emulate in their images. And what I'm trying to do in that call is really paint a picture of what is possible for them. A lot of times my clients have not necessarily had a professional brand photographer before. And so I'm the first person they've talked to in that sales call. So what I'm really doing is trying to create a relationship and camaraderie even before I've completely closed the sale um, and just get as detailed as possible. So they're really invested in the conversation and moving forward with me into the actual planning call, which is where we plan the locations and style their outfits and all the props and everything they need for their shoots. So, Jamie, you said that you're talking to them, asking about uh, different things that might help you for the shoot. We all know that people can be forgetful. They might leave some information out. Do you ever independently go on through like their social media, through their website to try to get more information of what you could potentially do to uh, include into their uh, shoots, their session? Yes, I love that. You know, I, I try to be as prepared as possible 
when I get with clients on the phone. And so I definitely do that research. I definitely go onto their websites and take a look on Instagram and then any other places where they may show up online. I also work with, I also take a look and see who we may have in common or other types of clients that they're working with too, just to kind of make that familiarity in a conversation too, if I can make those connections when I'm talking. But I think like you said, was key. The suggestions are what is important because what is most important to me in these sessions is not only to get these clients to feel really comfortable, but also to stretch themselves too on what's possible. Because, you know, in this universe of Pinterest and all of this gorgeous inspiration that we provide to each other as photographers, I think that my role is to also pull out all of the unique individual qualities as possible. And so it's easier for me to do that if I do a little research in the beginning to see who these folks are before I get on the phone with them. And then I can help them dive into all the other you know, potential locations or posing or places where they can use those pictures and things like that too. Sorry, that was a long answer to your question. No, no, it's fine. Heck yes. <laughs> And then, Jima, do you feel like you have a specific or maybe like a few key types of businesses that keep coming back to you? Or is it really like a very wide variety and you never know what kind of business it's going to be? So I think the businesses that come to me a lot, I work with a lot of creatives. Um, I had started in Louisville in the fashion scene. That's actually where I cut my teeth was doing some fashion show photography, which was such a great experience. So I love to work with people who work with their hands. And that probably is not a super surprise. Like I said, I was a, I'm a baker as well. But I work with a lot of designers, painters, people who are also in the culinary industry too to help them create images. And on top of that too, I work with a lot of online people. So course creators, people who are coaches. Um, I love working with people who lead multi-level marketing teams. That's always a lot of fun. So I think the common element is just people who really are at that point where they have to become face forward in their business. And they've always put their work in front of them. And I have just found a really great way to work with those type of folks and get them comfortable in that element, putting themselves first. Do you think that like knowing that you work with creatives, knowing that you work with like course creator types and like you said, people who lead teams for like multi-level marketing type companies, um, do you feel like that? has changed how you like structure your packages or how you market yourself like knowing that those because that's very different than let's say like a realtor which I know some people in SVE who do branding are very realtor centric but to me that seems very like it would be a very different client you know I think that realtor is a really good example or people who are like in marketing and sales and things like that as well I think it really comes down to the needs of your company. So realtors generally work for a bigger firm, even if they're independent contractors as well. So it kind of depends on what they're using them for. I think if they're using them within the parameters of a a larger scale business, like a real estate company would be, that's one thing. But 
I have worked with realtors, for example, before who decided that they kind of wanted to break out of that um, expected mold of kind of, I won't say typical realtor shots, but I think there are some go-to shots most realtors have. And I see more and more clients in this area kind of breaking out of that box and focusing more on themselves and their backstory, which requires us sometimes to just expand the types of photos that we offer. So to answer your question, Ashley, the packages don't really change. I may do some headshot sessions with realtors. They're typically the ones who call for that. That's like an hour-long headshot session with me. But I do not adjust my packages, and I don't think that it makes a difference. Um, I haven't noticed it making a, a big difference on the people that are drawn to me, specifically to work with me. Okay. So, uh, Jayma, I wanted to ask you about uh, the, the full sessions, you said it's an all-day event or half-day, but obviously for the full-day events, you say you deal with bakers, MLM, people that have products to show. Uh, are you doing any of their photography for their, say, for their food, their baked goods, uh, their products during this session? Or is that something that you're doing on a separate shoot? Or how does that get incorporated into the shots that you take? If at all. Yeah, I love that. So I love product photography and gorgeous flat lights because everybody can use those. It's so if some of those shots are naturally incorporated into the session, Kevin. So if somebody has a lot of props, for example, that they can bring or products, or for example, if I'm in the kitchen with a chef, then I will take images of them preparing the food and then also the final product. And what I do is I use, I, I use those in between. So when somebody is in the chair with my hair and makeup artist, for example, that's when I will take things and shoot flat lace for them. Or if they're changing into their next outfit, or, you know, we're kind of switching up set or something, that's when I'll take some product shots. But generally, if it's something that is very product heavy, specifically, or flat lay heavy, where it's going to require a lot of time and attention to style, I will do those separately. And then uh, maybe I'll take it home with me or however we manage that. And then I will go ahead and do all the processing of the images together and just add that to the gallery when I deliver it to them. Gotcha. And just to be, just for clarification purposes, can you explain exactly what a flat lay is? Right. So a flat lay is an image that is just taken from overhead. And we see that a whole lot on background images on websites. Um, They're typically highly stylized. Once I see a lot of my clients' websites often include your computer, your iPhone, it may be some florals. It can also have some pens or papers or things like that, something that may make up your desktop. I also see them a bunch too with the uh, design clients I work with or the chefs in particular. So it's just an image where you're flat overhead on a table or a scene that has been styled to reflect the business, whether it's food or it's products and services. And then you snap a picture. So they're just still shots that are really styled up. Now you say, you said that if it's a uh, product heavy, that you would go ahead and look into doing something at a different time. How much research time investment goes into 
coming up with something for those products. I'm assuming every single client is going to be different, even if they're similar from one to another. Uh, one baker is not going to be the exact same shoot as another baker. Uh, what goes into the time dedication for that? And what is a, what are you expected to make for doing one of these separate side uh, shoots? So I haven't, I haven't done a ton of these shoots that were incredibly product heavy. Um, so I, I'm generally focused on as much on the person in the brand as possible. And then a side benefit because we're in the flow of the session is these shots. I do have a client who is a little bit different, who I've been working with that actually is putting together a kind of a, um, I wanted to say eBay. It's not, it's an online storefront. And so I'm helping her develop a setup in particular where all of the products that are coming through the storefront will have the same backdrop. So that has required a little bit of extra time just to kind of collaborate with her specifically, Kevin, just to see what she wants that to look and feel like and for me to come up with suggestions. So that doesn't go into my general packaging. (laughs) It was something I took on because I had a high level of interest for it, but I could see where that could get incredibly time involved. So here's here's the bottom line on these sessions when i am doing products uh or flat lines like that i'm basically giving the parameters of what i'm available to take for them within the package if that makes sense totally as opposed to yeah as i put a lid on it at some point (laughs) (laughs) so um you said that they get every you know basically depending on if it's a full day, half day, it's a certain number of images and it's just a flat rate to get everything essentially that turns out. Maybe I think you threw out the number like 75, 80 images. So does that mean that you don't do any kind of like reveal or even if it's not like a reveal to sell the prints, but like final, maybe like, yay, your images (laughs) them together. Or is it just literally like, here's your Dropbox folder kind of thing. Like, you know what I, know, I mean? Like, it, sounds, it sounds so unsexy the way you said it, Ashley. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make it sound bad. I just was like, ha, I like to like send people, like, I just really, I, my favorite part, I think, of all processes is the reveal. Maybe because I make money, but also just because I really love the emotional, like, like, I like that feeling like praise of them, like, loving their pictures, you know? So I was just they like, start oh, crying. like, yeah, <laughs> like, I really yes. like, love that feeling. So I was just wondering, like, do you still do something for them? Or is it just, I also totally get like, wanting to move on to the next client and sending someone <laughs> maybe a Dropbox folder. So totally okay, if you do that. But I was just wondering what your process is. You guys, I love this conversation because it's, I was actually just having this conversation with my husband because he was like, how do you get all the feels from the session? Because he knows I love that part, right? I think that is such a huge bonus of being a photographer, such a big piece of it. Um, Yes. So the way it works is a lot of times, um, well, included in my brand package is a, a not so much a reveal in the way that you would necessarily do it. But I do create this gorgeous gallery and then we get on the phone together and we talk about how to use all those images. And that is really, that's such a fun discussion because when you get 
a gallery full of so many different images, I find that it can be a little bit overwhelming, obviously. So we get on the phone together and do a Zoom chat and look through the images together and talk about, okay, this would be a great header. This is great for social media. Let's set up your social media for the next month. This would be great for your emailers. And that's when I get to get that, you know, that kind of return of emotion and, you know, get the um, reaction back. I love that though, because I would guess that by doing something like that and giving people ideas how to use the image and maybe, I don't know if you're consciously doing this, but like also by, you know, telling them you can use these for a certain amount of time on social media, it might also like encourage them subtly to like, oh, I'm going to run out of images and then I need to come back. Like, do you find that it helps with like repeat clients? It does, right? Because ultimately, we know the value of these photos and how much differently, not only because they have quality photos, but the confidence it builds inside every time they get to step in front of our cameras, which is such a huge gift. So yes, Ashley, that is definitely part of it. Um, You know, I am all about reusing a handful of these images, of course, just so you can create that familiarity across platforms and things like that. But I want to set them up with a structure too of once you've had this up for three months or once you have this up for six months, it's time to completely refresh and start over again. And, you know, working with with women too, the wonderful thing about it is our hairstyles change all the time and fashion changes all the time. <laughs> so my repeat clients are like, okay, girl, I cut all my hair off and I've got some new outfits. Let's go. So that's, a, that's the ultimate goal here. I love as, it. As opposed to me, which my hair doesn't change. <laughs> but Kevin, what you do do really well is wear like a, you wear a different co- like your kangaroo outfit or what was uh, that yes. costume? <laughs> See, you, we need a new one. For anyone that doesn't know, on my Instagram, I took a picture of myself in a kangaroo outfit and <laughs> in a very uh, moody lighting sort of way. So, <laughs> thank you, Jayla. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first impression of you, uh, and I want to thank funny. you for that in return. But you know, guys love style too, and I do have a handful of male clients that I work with and they like to shake it up as well so I think it goes both ways that's awesome <laughs> you, when you sit down with with everyone with a client to show them their images um I'm assuming you're just giving them everything that you've you've pretty much called together they're not choosing or picking anything because you said um because you said you're just pretty much giving them all the images obviously the the ones where you know things don't go wrong so that that's it. You're they're not choosing anything. That's that's just everything all at once. Yes. So I um, I take a ton of time through the process on the back end of things to really narrow down what I am handing to my clients at the end of the day. So there is definitely a high level of quality control, and I love this conversation with brand photographers too because. Some of us shoot really heavy, so I could come out of a session with six or seven hundred images. Some people shoot with a, you know, very purposeful, very specific on each type of shot. So I think to answer your question, I really am particular about what I'm providing to them. I meant that it's the highest level of quality, that I'm not giving them 10 images that look very similar. I hope that makes sense too. So I really narrow it down for that. And then also when I am looking through the gallery at the end of the day too, I'm making sure that I'm ticking the boxes 
that my clients are looking for based on the planning call we had. So I'm making sure that I'm providing them with, you know, a handful of images that'll be great for a website banner. And I've got a good variety of images that are really great for social too. So all of that is going on in my head. And I'm actually looking at the notes I took from the session too, when I'm delivering it as well. Because the last thing I want to do is deliver a gallery full of images where some of them aren't fantastic if that makes sense. So they're getting the best of the best, but I also want to narrow it down for them as well so they don't get into that library and say, oh my gosh, what the heck am I going to do with all these and what do I choose? So there's some stra- there's some strategery. <laughs> strategy. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I love that. I wanted to pop over into just some questions about how you get your clients in marketing. So one thing that's come up a lot, like almost every week on these clubhouse chats have been SBE members rocking these VIP client Facebook groups that they're running. And I was just wondering, um, I don't think I've heard yet a brand photographer say that they have a group like that. So I was wondering, do you have a VIP group? Or if not, (laughs) what is your main way of getting your clients? Have you been in my computer, Ashley? And so I, so I'm laughing because I have you guys. I don't know how you kind of. I don't know if you're mind mappers. Do you mind map? Have you ever done that in your business? But it's basically what it is. Is it's just a huge brainstorm. So I have this giant wall size um, board up in my office too. That kind of helps me get everything straight when it comes to the marketing side of things. And that is absolutely the direction I'm going in. So I found out when I started doing these brand photography sessions that there was a huge piece of me that really loved the education side of it. And I really admire the fact that I think so many photographers do that well, not only educating on sessions, but the process and what's possible too. So I am working towards a a group right now, um, a Facebook group that'll be all pointed towards brand photography. And it's something where I really want to be able to have conversations with clients in there as well. And so that is in the works. It does not exist yet. I did host a photography course earlier this year and had a great group come in where I was just teaching some of the basics of really just using your iPhone to get some of these great pictures because a lot of times my clients still love to take their own images too. And so that was a lot of fun. So those guys are going into the group. And then this summer, I'm also launching a a group as well that's for professional photographers who really want to dive deep and maybe go full-time into brand photography as well. So there's a couple potential groups on the horizon. So since you don't have the group yet, what, like... Are you doing Facebook ads? Are you doing Google ads? Is it all networking from the community that you built from your prior business? Like, what is it that is the main driver of your leads, would you say? So you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I... I've always been a one-on-one networking person and that has been such always been such a huge driver of business even in my previous career that I had as well. But the majority of my leads over the past year have come from Google from my website. So I have a strong referral base and a great repeat client base. But if you look at my behind the scenes numbers, it's coming from Google. And 
I spent a ton of time and not only crafting messages on my website, but also on SEO too. So let me just say this. It's absolutely worth the time. Sue had done a live. Oh, at some point in the last six months that was walking through all of the SEO steps. And if you guys haven't seen it, go back and take a look out of it because it's fantastic. But the feedback I'm getting when I get clients on the phone is that the messaging, once they do arrive on my website, is speaking to them, which is fantastic. So that's to answer your question, Ashley, um, everything that's not coming from a source that I expect which is a referral or a repeat client, the majority of them are coming through SEO traffic to the site. I love that. I mean, SEO is so amazing when it like works. And I know Sue did teach that amazing live about SEO. So yes, any members or anyone thinking about being a member, definitely you want to join to, to be able to watch that. Um, for the like in-person networking, are you part of any groups like BNI or did you used to be a part of a networking group? Like, are you doing groups or are you just taking people like one-on-one out to lunch? Because you said one-on-one networking. So I was just trying to figure out exactly what you mean by yeah. that. Yeah. So, so with the networking side of things, I think that networking is something that I've naturally done for a long time just through other businesses and uh, obviously it got shut down but here's the thing with networking with me I think what I realized was is that we should all be doing it with um, and kind of stay within our wheelhouse and mine is definitely inviting people into a conversation so I do a whole lot of reaching out um, a lot of times I will go back to former clients and just say hey guys do you have anybody great who I can talk to that may be looking for this type of photography and just reach out and invite them to a conversation. So there is a whole lot of one-on-one that happens on my end. I was incredibly active in the chamber for a long time and for the short term haven't been, but I think the chamber is a phenomenal, chamber of commerce is a phenomenal way B&Is are a phenomenal way to do it as well. That's actually one of my preferred ways. Um, I've got a couple kiddos and it kept me out of the circuit (laughs) on a lot of the networking events. (laughs) So I had to go my own strategy, but I I would heavily suggest if you are not currently taking the time to ask your current clients for referrals, which I know we we all need to do more of, but um, and then just inviting people to a conversation, or if you see somebody out there who you're really interested in and think you could be a great fit, you know, let them know, and that that is that has really brought some of the best kind of dream client business to my business over the past two or three years. So in regards to like getting uh, referrals from previous past clients, are you, are you emailing them? Are you calling them? Are you taking them out for lunch or uh, how are you going about getting them to really respond to you to, to really give you more clients? Yeah. So I started building an email list a couple of years ago and, um, and that's grown and evolved over time. And that has been another incredibly strong way for marketing the business as well. And so I use that. I have a specific list in my email list that goes directly to my clients who I've worked with currently and in the past. And I send them touch bases every 
I would say three to four months quarterly during the year, just to see where they're at, if they need a session, if they want to reconnect it, just kind of brainstorm some options and just try to make myself as available as possible. I also started earlier this year doing a referral uh, relationship with some, I want to, top tier is not the best way to put it, but some clients who I've worked with actively and on a repeat basis too. And so now I have, I know Sue has done that before and a lot of you have done it before, I think, with doing different certificates and things like that. But I have a referral bonus that I now give to current and previous clients. There's a handful of them that are really great at referrals. And if they send somebody to me, they either get a percentage or a dollar amount off their next session with me or cash. I love that. Um, do you like have like, do you feel like social media is because I know you said email marketing, but do you also feel like social media marketing is a big part of what you do? I would assume that it is as a brand photographer. And if so, like what social media platforms are you most active on? Yeah, as far as groups, uh, Facebook has been fantastic for that. And uh, there's a handful of groups that I'm actively involved in networking on Facebook as well. I do not travel as a brand photographer. I know some do. I don't currently. So what I'm really finding best is just putting together a very specific kind of Instagram <laughs> localish game plan that stays in my region. And what I am finding this, and I'm so curious, I love to have this conversation with other photographers. What I'm finding is Instagram, I post, you know, four or five times a week and not as actively as I should do lives. But what I'm finding is that it kind of gives you that legitimacy where people may not be ready to start the conversation, but if they find me active on there as well, it's kind of helping kick off the next steps of reaching out to me too. So uh, the other thing I'm really looking at exploring, and I've had some success at as well, is definitely Pinterest. And what I'm really trying to determine right now is how to keep that more local as a local photographer and that's something that I will really be diving into later this fall as well. But as far as where I'm most active, it's definitely Instagram. I try to be as consistent as possible and put a wide variety of content on there, you know, a combination of personal and things that are great tips for clients and then showcasing clients too. When you say Pinterest, just because that's not something that comes up um, in our conversations that often. So it got me kind of like excited. Um, <laughs> Can you say, like, what What do you do? I mean, is it just you're pinning your own photos? Are you pinning your own blog? Like, are you writing lengthy blog posts and pinning them? Like, what do you mean by I use Pinterest? Because I, I feel like that can be very vague for um, members who might not have thought about this before. Yeah, Pinterest is kind of mind-blowing. And I, I have to tell you, I was an A-saver until I had not using Pinterest. I love Pinterest as a user. But I had a good friend who went into, she became a Pinterest specialist last year. And so she was using me as a guinea pig, so to speak. But what we do is we know content is king. So we took all, we, we, we repurpose everything I write, basically. So between the blog posts and things that I write as content, 
also on Instagram, and then things that also go out in emails too, in my marketing pieces as well, then we basically repurpose into a Pinterest post. Um, and you sometimes it's just it's pictures of my clients that people can use as inspiration for their own shoots or with their own photographers too, which is great. Um, another thing that is pretty powerful that it seems kind of counterintuitive, but if you think about it, it works. You can also start folders too, where you could share your own ideal shoot for yourself too. So people can get an idea of your style. And I've gotten some good interaction from that. You can also pin inspiration from other people that you just want to share. So even if it isn't an article or an opt-in or an ebook, I'll go back to opt-in, but you can also share other people's information too. And I think what I love about it is it's kind of creating and laying the groundwork of you as an expert because none of us came to this information that we have alone. We all use mentors in conversations and other resources to kind of, you know, gain our expertise too. So I love to share resources with people. Um, but a great, the, my great tip is if you really want to start an email list or you don't have a lot of traction in your email list, you can actually pin those into Pinterest and just make them really searchable. And you can list them as a blog post or as an opt-in that'll send them back to your website. And then they can jump on your list with you too and learn more about what you do. Um, first of all, can you just explain for our listeners like what an opt-in is and what your like freebie or opt-in offer is? Yeah, absolutely. So an, an opt-in is an offer that you create for free that is basically full of fantastic information that you want to share with potential clients. Um, it's basically them kind of peeling back the layers, looking into your expertise, and you're just giving them some really good, what I like to call juicy content. So sometimes you'll see, I mean, we see opt-ins on most websites that we go to. I know I do. For example, a lot of the brand photographers, I know we love to give checklists. Checklists are an excellent opt-in. So you create something that's free content and you can give them the top five props to bring to your branding shoot or the top 10 things to look for when you're styling yourself for a branding shoot. Um, and then that actually is the first thing that pops up specifically on your website. And to get or download that list or that workbook that you've created for them, they have to include their email information. And for example, when they go into mine, it is a strategy checklist of what they can do with their branding session images. I'm getting ready to actually change it this summer. But they can go through and with any images that they have, assign them to specific uses. Um, and then once they get onto my email list, then they go through an automated five emails. It just kind of introduce them to me, what I do, how to work with clients, and then also a client spotlight too. But that's what an opt-in is. It's basically a freebie that draws people in deeper into your website and onto your email list. So once they go through the five sequence, do you find that people are like actively inquiring at that point or do they sit on your list for a while? Because I think um, I hear a lot of pushback from like photographers about, you know, no one opens emails, emails don't work, but I know I use email marketing as well. So I was just wondering like what your kind of conversion numbers are or what you would tell people to expect when it comes to an email list. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think it I think it depends on the content too. But once they get through I feel like when they get through that first kind of five introductory emails with me, it really paints a good picture of expectation. Some of those clients I'm trying to give you some numbers because I know we all like numbers. So my open on those is really high. Um, Generally, I don't know, 50 or 60%. I consider that high for an email opt-in. Yeah, that is is quite high Mm -hmm. for an email. But just on those five. And then they start to drop a little bit. But to me, that tells me that it's doing its job. For an email list for me specifically, I want people to be able to kind of get a big picture of how they're going to work with me. And I'm not a fit for everybody. So some of them are going to drop off at the end of that five and either unsubscribe or just not actively ever click on the emails anymore. But what I can tell you is this, because we can see who's opened our emails, right? Some people have sat on that list for three to six months. And during that sequence, I invite them multiple times to actually reach out to a conversation with me or answer a question. It doesn't have to be as big as getting on the phone with me too. Um, But I will say this, I think it has made a huge difference Almost everybody who I have booked a shoot with has gone through that email, kind of five introductory emails first. By the time they get on the phone with me for a sales call, whether it's three months or it's a year later, which happens sometimes too, um, they are incredibly familiar and already to the point of booking. Like they don't even need to have a sales conversation. It's like I'm in. So I, what I do think it does is it pre-qualifies. And I think that turnaround time can be anywhere between immediately at the end of that five, or maybe they call me in the middle of it and just say, hey, let's go. Um, but it could be it could be a year or two. That's why email marketing is a long game. Yeah, I know. There's Oh, sorry. I was just going to say there's so many long games, I think, in some of the things that you've talked about, like email marketing, SEO, content marketing, but things like Pinterest. But it's just a reminder that like, you know, I know we all want overnight success, but you have to put in the time and effort and just keep turning that snowball to get the results. And I love that, you know, once you have all these things in place, it just, like you said, the clients start flowing in and you're not doing as much like necessarily uh, reaching out. Like you said, a lot of your business is coming from Google and online sources. So um, I think that's just like a really important thing to point out for the listeners. So Jenna, I see... That you said that your 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 opt in is the freebie is the the strategy checklist, uh, and then you have f- about five follow up emails th- that they go that you know people will sit on and continue to continue to sit on basically <laughs> until finally they're ready to go. <laughs> what is what content are you email are you emailing them? What's in those to get them to entice them to convert to come in? Uh, do more shoots with you. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so the first one, uh, let me break down. Let me see if I can think off the top of my head without looking. The first one is introductions. So it's just basically welcoming them to the email sequence, introducing them to myself, giving them just a very, like a very quick and breezy introduction, nothing too deep. The second one talks about uh, me specifically and just paints a little bit of a picture on how I became a brand photographer 
And the third one, I think, is the one that introduces them to the places that they can find me. So it is my my website again, and then also all my social media handles where I am most active. And so that's kind of an action step where they can hopefully get on and start following me in other areas as well. The fourth one is a client spotlight. And that one specifically is about one of my clients that's been consistent through the years and it tells her story about um, how she decided to hire a brand photographer and then what she's done since we've been doing these sessions together and some of the success she's seen too. And the last one is inviting them to a phone call or at least reaching out to me via an email just to have a conversation and to learn a little bit more about each other. So I think that was all five in the right order. Now, are these emails triggering one by one depending on if they open them or is it time-based where you're sending them these emails every two months, three months to kind of remind them of who you are and what it is that you do? That I love that. So, so here's what I would say to anybody who is considering starting an email list or doing a kind of um, lead-in email sequence. The way I have them set up is they come out, there's one that comes out immediately. So the first one is welcome. And that one goes immediately. They come out every three days through that five email sequence. So they're going to see, this isn't typical if you're on my email list. I don't email that frequently, typically once a week. Um, But they're going to see me at least five times during that time. And it's automatic, Kevin, to answer your question. Uh, They don't have to do anything to trigger the next email. If they're on the list, they're going to get that until the sequence is finished. And then, I, and then it'll go into the next email that I actually incorporate um, into my email marketing. But the one point I wanted to make is don't be afraid, especially in the beginning, to actively email these folks. Um, they're coming to your site because they have a level of interest in either being photographed by you or sometimes even just learning the way you do, do the things that you do too. And just don't be afraid to continue to show, show up for yourself and share the information that they opted in for, which was learning more about you and how to work with you as well. Um, and then after that point, you may see people drop off. I've never been afraid of unsubscribe. They're just not a great fit for me is kind of the way I look at it. Um, But that's how my sequence works as far as timing. It's automatic and they get all of them three days apart. Hmm. Perfect. So when you're saying you're reaching out to them, what exactly are you, is there anything specific like, hey, give me a call. I want to, uh, I want to talk to you. I know you're, you looked into it. You provided your email. Um, what, what's involved in this in this cold email to them to get them to, to call you? Or are you just letting the emails kind of do a little bit of the talking, you do a bit of the talking, and then just hoping that they, you know, reach out to you? Yeah, as far as I don't do any cold calling. So if anything, and I don't call at specifically at the end of the email sequence, if if I'm reaching out to people for a one-on-one conversation, it's because I've looked behind the scenes and I can see they're actively reading and reopening emails and clicking through them. But the majority of the people I'm touching base with are definitely warm. So it's another client or it's a friend or a colleague who has kind of made the connection 
between me and somebody else. I was a um, I was a salesperson for 15 years, and I'm sure some of us have some of that experience as well. I I don't know anybody who loves a cold call. That's not true. I've had a business coach who loves cold calls. <laughs> but, um, so I would say by the time I actually am reaching out, we are on some sort of maybe beginning date friendship level interesting mm. enough to have a cocktail or a coffee together <laughs> by the time I'm willing to do that. <laughs> gotcha. I love that. Well, as we're wrapping toward the end of the hour, I wanted um, Dima for you to be able to tell the listeners, like anyone out there who's an SBE member who might be wanting to get into branding, like what is your biggest piece of advice if someone wants to add this to their offerings? My my biggest takeaway and piece of advice with brand photography is to keep it as simple as possible for your clients. The This type of photography, and Ashley knows 100% because this is something that she offers, but it requires a lot of planning and moving pieces. So as much of this as you can figure out for them and kind of streamline into what I keep saying it's an experience, the better. Ideally, what happens is by the time they get on that photo shoot with me, just like they would in the studio with you guys too, they don't have to think about a thing. All of it has been planned out in advance for them. They know what the game plan is and they can just kind of relax into the experience too. Um, what I don't mean by that is there's a lot of room. I leave room for spontaneity, especially when we're on a lifestyle kind of outdoor shoot too. But create a plan in a package that includes everything. So by the time they get to you, they're comfortable and they're relaxed and they're ready for you to take the steering wheel. Thank you. That is awesome here. Well, Jamie, it has been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Uh, we are at the hour mark, and before we let you go, we want to we want our listeners to know where they would be able to find you online through your socials. So, if you can go ahead and give us that information. Yeah, absolutely. So, I am super active on Instagram. And that is Jama Finney Brand Photo. I would love to have you guys follow me on there so I can do the same and we can connect. Uh, Clubhouse, I am definitely actively doing more of that over the next six months too. So you can find me on here and pop in and say hey. And then also my website is jamafinney.com. And that is, yeah, that's where I am instead, my website. Awesome. Well, thank you. And everyone, please go follow her. Uh, and also make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and Facebook as well. If you are a member of the Sue Bryce Education and you have more questions for Jama, Ashley, or myself, go tag us in a post in the SBE members only Facebook group. And if you're not a member of the Sue Bryce Education and then you are interested in learning more about how we can help your business succeed, please email Ella in support at support at suebriceeducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and hope you can join us next week. Thank you. Thank you, Jama. Thank you, Thank Kevin. you. Hey. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like 
posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com. 